Welcome to the biggest problem in the universe. I'm Maddox with me, Zig Masterson. Hey, what's up, buddy? And Sean, our audio engineer. Hello. Episode 47. Welcome back, guys. So, um, so Dick, last episode, the problems we brought in were uh, Vine Stars. That was my problem. And the BBC. And Vine Stars cleaned the house, yeah. buddy. Yeah. You made an impassioned case for hating the BBC. And yet. You know, I brought, I did research. I did a ton of research this time. Yeah. I brought in good well-reasoned arguments, and I, I made a passionate um, claim on my, on my issue. I, may, I reasoned passionately with my well-researched statistics, and I got shit all over. So what does that tell you? I'm yeah. not bringing in stats ever again. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm not doing any research. It's just going to be what I see on the walk-in here. Uh, birds, uh, sky, sky's a problem, clouds are fucking... I brought this, this organization, the BBC, killed Top Gear. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. This is the it, re, Easter is a recent thing that yeah. happened. This is what it was. They killed Jesus. This is they killed <laughs> they Jeremy kill Clarkson. Jesus. I'm the guy saying, look, these these guys killed. They killed Jesus. They're bad. Uh, come on. Who, who who killed Jesus? By the way, was it Romans? I yeah, it was the Romans. It was the Romans? Right? Yeah. These Romans are bad. Come on, band together with me. I've got all these stats. They, they help, are, me, help me take them down. They no, are, I just they, get made fun of. They are literally not Romans, Dick. And usually you do just bring in a problem on your, like, whatever you think of on the drive over here, it seems. Yeah, uh, well, I'm going back to that. Because oh, I got no reward for bringing in the BBC. Dick, you argued that passionately. And what's another word for passion? Emotion. Sex. You were emotion. No, you were emotional when you were arguing that. Um, hey, wait, can I ask you something? Yeah. Uh, is this episode going to have, like, a two-minute sandbagging of me before that I can't respond to <laughs> before we get too far into it? Hey, I called you on the phone, buddy. I was like, hey, I'm going to do this thing. What do you think? And we went back and forth. I said, I don't know cereal. I don't get it. Yeah. Well, maybe listen to it, fuckhead. Like, it's the number one podcast oh. of all time. Maybe you should listen to it and just see what else is out there. You know, what else is in this industry that we're in? Maybe. I don't know. Research? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know all you fucking hipsters love your cereal and your I, NPR. I didn't. I thought. I mean, it's a well-produced show, but it went nowhere. It was a it was a boring listen. Uh, the first episode was fine, uh, but uh, it it went nowhere. As uh, 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 speaking of going nowhere, that's the end of that sentence. Uh, <laughs> anyway, man, Vine Stars cleaned house. That's and, stupid. You know, Dick. Based on uh, your comment starting the show, you were saying that you did all that research and everything. Yeah, it was in a very impassioned uh, argument. But I got a comment from Magnus Olson. He says, "Hey, Dick, do you know why Top Gear can do what they do and piss all over cars they don't like? Because the BBC doesn't depend on advertisers." Ford, Mercedes, or Toyota can't threaten to pull their advertising if Clarkson shits on their cars. The reason your news channels in the U.S. are such complete pussies and never hold any politicians accountable is because then they lose access, which damages their bottom line. They don't even dare to investigate journalism about corporations doing heinous shit. The BBC doesn't have to worry about any of that crap, so they can hold politicians accountable, which they do. The fee is specifically a license and not a tax so that they are not <laughs> under the foot of the government. Okay. No, it's a fee and not a tax. Because you do, it's just like car insurance, Dick. You don't have to own a car. You it, have but, to have insurance, though. Yeah, but you don't have to own a car. So that's okay. why it's a fee and not a, not a tax. Um, so they are not under the foot of the government when it comes to holding them accountable when they do their budget every year. The politicians can't threaten to defund the BBC because of their licensing scheme. Yeah, you get an allowance from your parents, you're accountable to them. They let you, they let you wander around and make mistakes, you're accountable. Who's, who's feeding you? The, the government is. Yeah, and yet uh, a show like Top Gear was able to be created on the BBC because of the mean? very nature of the network that it's on. You would never see oh, a show that, like Top Gear in the U.S. Uh, there is a Top Gear U.S. What is it? Is it's it? called Top Gear U.S. Oh, Top Gear shithead. U.S. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's syndicated. It came from, it was originated so in the BBC. you're there's no way. You're saying it's impossible. It's impossible to be critical of any company unless the government pays for your show. No, Is that it's what not, you're saying? No, it's not impossible. Why can you not have a show like Top Gear in America? Well, because you have advertisers and you shit all over advertisers. It's the reason Idiocracy, the movie, there's a movie called Idiocracy by Mike Judge, the creator of Beavis and Butthead and mm-hmm. King of the Hill, made this movie called Idiocracy. And it shit on so many corporations. It shit on Burger King, Fuddruckers, Starbucks. So you're saying that's impossible to have. Well, they buried it because there was oh, too many corporate interests. They buried it. Yeah. I love that movie. But you watch it, you think about it critically, and you're like, yeah, there's no way this is going to be a huge hit. It's too hot. It's too thinky. 
Dick, they didn't even release it in wide enough theater. They released it in literally, I think, two theaters in Texas the weekend of its opening. They buried that movie because they didn't want to piss off the corporations. I, I love that movie. As much as I love that movie, it's destined to be a cult hit. There's, there's just no way that, like, I don't think that's a bad business decision, not releasing that movie wide. What, but what are the interests? The interests are putting another movie in the theaters that could be a huge commercial success. Yeah, but they didn't they didn't even give this a chance. They l- released it in literally two theaters and they're just swallowing millions of dollars that they invested in this because Yeah, well they- that's that's called opportunity cost. Like you have a limited amount of theaters right. that you put your movies in, you pick the best ones that are going to get that are most likely to get commercial success. Right. You don't think it has anything to do with the fact that he shits on corporations? No. Yeah. I don't. Okay. Well, as a as a person who shits on corporations all the time, I'll tell you firsthand, it's really hard dealing with corporations because they don't want to work with me because they know that I might I might shit on the on their brand on their image and they turn away from uh, advertisers turn away from people who are hostile towards corporations and that's what that movie idiocracy is and that's why the bbc is able to create a show like top gear where they're not afraid of losing car sponsors what was that guy's name that guy's name was magnus olsen magnus olsen go fuck yourself i got some uh voicemails yeah from the last show or did you have more to talk about i mean i have more comments but go ahead okay hey maddox hey dick listen dick I'm right there with you on the whole Top Gear thing. I Thank really you. am. But you don't have to be such a whiny bitch about it, okay? <laughs> Pop culture, it comes and goes. Try being an anime fan and see how quickly your favorite series gets killed. Top Gear died. It happened. Just let it go, dick. <laughs> Goodbye. I'm not taking life advice from someone who admits they're an anime fan. Yeah. Okay? I'm an anime fan. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Well, I don't take advice from you anyway. You should. Maybe you should, man. Maybe Top Gear would still be on there if you listen to me more. Um, I got a comment from Sophie Wood. She said, am I actually hearing Dick slagging off the BBC on behalf of whole of England just because he once banged a chick whose parents were too poor to pay the licensing fee? (laughs) Not once. I didn't once bang that chick. I banged her a bunch. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Whoa. Uh, And worse, he's doing it because they pulled a show he loves that the BBC fucking made. And he can't even see how retarded that is. Mm-hmm. This is how I defend the BBC. So the, uh, anyway, man, uh, she just goes on and on for paragraphs. I got another comment that was similar to that. Um, but uh, You're Dick, better at shitting on my problem than you are explaining your stupid Vine Stars problem. Yeah, that's because you kept cornering me with your straw man attacks, like into defending, What's into a straw a, man attack? attacking Vine. You made me... Uh, uh, it, it made it sound like I was I was shitting on Vine, which I wasn't as a platform. In fact, I, I listened back to the last episode and I edited it. Um, you know, I, I removed some parts, but there was no fewer. I'm than, sure you yeah, did. I'm sure you did. Well, yeah, because it was over a hundred, uh, uh, an hour and eighteen minutes. That's a long episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I was trying to pare it down, and I removed some parts during that episode where. Three times during that episode, I said, I'm not attacking Vine. I'm attacking Vine Stars. Vine Stars is my problem. Yeah, you, you said that the platform is built to be condescending to the audience or some something like that. Or uh, uh, you said that the platform encourages the artist to be whatever towards the audience. It's a, it's a, it, so that's the attacking the platform. That's why I'm just explaining why I thought you were attacking the platform when you said the platform does X. No, I didn't say the platform does X. I, I believe I said that it discourages criticism. It's not it's not a platform that encourages criticism for their creators. And because it's such a disposable platform, they make it so easy to post and not easy to edit. That's why it's a disposable art form that nobody really puts enough time or effort into to creating anything. Have you ever used it? Watchable. Uh, I've never used it, but I've watched a lot of vines. Believe it or not, I've I've watched a lot of I vines. Sto- I stopped it. I've never used it because that invalidates everything you just said. Well, I've used it through other people's accounts. I don't have an account. Yeah, I've oh. used it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've used it uh, with lots of friends. Every time, every fucking five minutes, uh, if someone's on Vine, they'll come up to you like, "Hey, uh, can you record me? I'm doing this Vine." I'm like, I- what? Yeah. What? What do you want me to do? What am I, just a fucking, uh, what is that, prop. a tripod? A yeah, grip. prop? Cameraman. What are you, objectifying me? Yeah. <laughs> Literally. I got, you know what, I did get a lot, a lot of love from people from Scotland who felt that the BBC was biased oh, uh, against, what do you mean, here you go? I know so what this is. that's crazy. Let's the, hear it. The idea, what, 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 go ahead. Your people what, from what Scotland. What do you know what it is? What do you know are what they, it are is? You gonna Say talk it about, already. Are you gonna Say talk, it already. Are you going to talk about Robinson and uh, uh, Salmond, how he misquoted him on uh, the, the Scottish uh, first minister? No. Okay, sorry. Go okay, ahead. the vote for Scotland to be independent was four, was 45% yes, 55% no. All right? Okay. That's, pretty, that's a pretty close race, sure. you would say. For a country to be independent. Yeah. And they felt that the BBC had a biased 
um, biased coverage of whether or not Scotland should be its own independent country. Robert Hall says, um, I'm personally only interested in this due to the fact that I believe that if it weren't for the BBC's biased reporting, that my country of Scotland would likely now be independent, governing itself with its own best interests at heart. That is, that, does that mean anything to you? That a, an institution funded by the government might have an interest in keeping an entire country as part of the union. Well, Scotland. Scotland's part of the UK. They wanted to be off on yeah, their own. Yeah, no, no, that's a good theory, Dick, except the BBC is not funded by the government. <laughs> so who collects the fee? The who BBC- are you afraid of paying? Who are you afraid of when you have to pay the fee? The BBC has their own internal Nobody. investigation. They send out letters and they say, who are honestly, you afraid of? Dick, they have no enforcement. They they just kind of keep people in check by these threatening letters. And last episode, you talked about those uh, those vans they sent out, those detection vans. It's all a myth. It's all bullshit. In fact, that's an that ad guy, campaign. That guy that you linked to, that banned the BBC uh, Twitter account, whatever, I, yeah. I really read up on him, and I mm-hmm. checked his videos, and I checked all this stuff. You know, some of his gripes are legitimate, uh, but Not those, mine, va- those, van- <laughs> those vans and those detecting kids are bogus. In fact, if they come to your door, you can simply just say, um, you're, uh, you can't come in, and then that, that's it. They can't force their way in. They can't do anything. They have no authority. So that's it. The government isn't behind the BBC. The BBC holds the government accountable. And yeah, they're not perfect. And yeah, they might be biased sometimes. But guess what, Dick? What's the alternative? Fox News? Look at corporate news. You think corporate news is better than this fee, fee-based news? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick yeah. of this shit. Well, uh, You're an idiot. Dick. <laughs> Dick, I have, a, I have a song to play. This was, this was sent in by uh-huh. Timothy J. or... Tweet underscore secrete on Twitter. Um, he sent me this song. It's got kind of a, a long lead in, but um, I think you'll dig this. How long is the lead in? Like uh, about 20 seconds. Oh, that's so, a long lead in. Dick. Five seconds tops, Dick. You'll appreciate this, I think. This is a new take. What is this song you from? Said, you said this back in episode 30. Listen to this. Okay. Because I, I read uh, a lot of different news sources. Like what? Like the BBC. I, I read oh, right when, Yeah, they're, they're yeah. good. BBC's yeah, really good. Oh, I'll give I, you that one. And, uh-oh. How, how much, censor, how much uh, censorship would it take on the part of the BBC for you to see it as a problem? Any, Let me ask you if that. If there was censorship. Any, yeah. Okay. So this, this sounds like a lot of, uh, what, what is it, uh, sour pussies, sour, sour grapes for uh, just I got to cancel your show, Dick. No, I think they're a bad, I think they're a legitimately bad organization. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You you understand you understand that I only started looking into it when Top Gear got killed. That's it, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know all this. That that licensing fee shit was a surprise to me. So you didn't have a problem with them before they canceled the Top Gear show. I didn't know what they were all about, Maddox. I figured it was just a channel like the rest of them. I didn't know how it worked over there. But you had a positive. <laughs> fucking song. You know what? You know what I love about these these dick versus <laughs> these chicken shit nutless dick versus dick out of context horseshit bits that you do. You're like a fucking child. You're like a fucking child busting your dad's balls. That's what this is. It's such horseshit. Yeah. Fuck oh, you. He's got a vein going too now. Oh my god. I'm so pissed off. I can see it. I'm so pissed off because there's no Top Gear. It's, it relaxed me for two months every year. The Top Gear, just it existing would bring my blood pressure down and I don't have it and I don't know what to do. I can't jerk off enough times in a day to get rid of this rage. Oh man. It's just that and alcohol. The only two things that calm you down. <laughs> Uh, a hot chick agreed with me in the comments, though. <laughs> okay, what'd you say? Uh, Kay- Kaylee, Kaylee Corv- the BBC problem really is a problem. Then she went on, but I stopped reading it. Hot chick w- <laughs> agrees with you, you win, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I got another, I got something else here. Hey, yo, Maddox, what's going on? This is Chad. I'm an editor at Men's Fitness Magazine. How's it going, bro? Oh. Uh, I understand that you're, in fact, the inventor of leg day. Yeah. And I got to tell you, man, I was blown away (laughs) when I heard your lower body routine. Squats and then more squats and then nothing else. I think this would really revolutionize leg day at the gym. Uh, Yeah, it would. Uh, We'd like to work with you on an article for our magazine. You can reach me at 866 Dick, go fuck yourself. Ah, <laughs> damn it! Damn it! Uh, what this did you? This guy is stupid. 
What did you do those squats with? 50 or 100 pound weights? Was that what you said? Dude, I do a lot. I do a lot of uh, leg exercises. I, I just ride want my the bike list because I can, I can rattle them off no problem. I don't know I do the them. name. You know trivia. Yeah. Okay. How do you brush your teeth? With a toothbrush. Uh, no, just do the steps of brushing your teeth. I grab the toothbrush and put toothpaste on it and there then you put go. it in my mouth. You can rattle it off because it's something that you do regularly. Okay. You can't rattle off a leg day because you don't do it. leg day. Dick, uh, I don't need I don't need disparaging remarks from toothpick legs over here. I do like, I'm the inventor Excuse of Excuse me? Yeah. Toothpick legs? Yeah. <laughs> Look at the size of these thighs, Maddox. You could, you could roast this thigh and eat for two weeks off of this thigh. Yeah, two minutes. Two minutes, maybe. Uh, Dick, if you're such a uh, leg day guy, how come you can't even keep up on a bike? On a bike? Because yeah. I never do it. I don't oh, ever exactly. ride a bike. So don't you think that's part of a, a leg routine? Well, first, is of all, to be able first, to do- first of all, first of all, when you and I went biking that one time, that you one gave time. me a busted ass bike to use. Oh, really? That was not that. I think that was a chick's bike. Oh, that was oh, not a real bike. Oh. Uh, secondly, secondly, I bike for an entire week at Burning Man, no problem. Yeah. So, have you ever biked for an entire week? No. Yeah. No, you haven't. You haven't. Bike for months, Dick. Yeah, at, at Burning Man, when you're high out of your gourd and you're riding around in the desert with sand and you're and not drunk. really going anywhere. And drunk. Yeah. So you can't even. Okay. So I'm impaired and I'm still doing it. Well, based on the testimony of a drunk, I guess you win this argument. Um, I That's got one more I got. comment. I got an email from this guy. I'm not going to say his name because he might get in trouble, but he says, Maddox, the problem is worse than you imagined. He's talking about Vine Stars. He says, I work at a Pittsburgh area hotel and Vine Star Carter Reynolds held a concert, and he put that in quotes, at my property. I have seen hell, Maddox. First of all, this arrogant motherfucker had the nerve to charge $75 for admission or around $125 for a VIP ticket. Parents also had to pay to go. Now, remember, this is a hotel ballroom for a Vine star. I've paid similar amounts to see Depeche Mode live. I'm sorry about that, actually. Um, The parents were miserable. The kids were annoying. And Carter himself seemed shocked and insulted when I had no idea who he was and didn't want an (laughs) autographed picture. (laughs) And didn't want one? No, he didn't want one because he's like, who the fuck is this guy? So uh, Who offered him one? The, uh, Carter? the guy Carter, yeah. Hey, do you want an, an autographed picture with me? And he said, "No." Yeah, he's like, "No, nah, I don't." He's I don't, gonna sign the phone. I don't care. Yeah, he's like, uh, "I don't, I don't want a picture." What are you? What are you kidding me? I don't want some like fucking twelve year old picture. Sounds weird. So I looked yeah. up this guy Carter Reynolds. He has something like eight point four million followers on on Vine. Uh, this kid makes a healthy living just doing Vine stuff, and he and he goes around the country doing tours and stuff. I have not heard of this guy, and and even when I was at that age where I would be kind of familiar with certain Vine stars or, or uh, teen idols, you know, like on Tiger Beat magazine yeah. and uh, Teen Bop and all those things. Yeah, we all know. We're all familiar with them. <laughs> of course. Uh, which I, I still occasionally buy uh, now for research. But uh, <laughs> I think 17 is the least biased. The least, the least biased, biased news source. Least bi- yeah. yeah, I yeah. agree with you. They should get a big subsidy check, too. Yeah. Well, maybe when they create your favorite show, Top Gear, you can shit on them for canceling it. Um, so this guy, this, this Carter Reynolds guy, top 17s, I would watch that show. He seems like, (laughs) there you go. Um, he's, they have a magazine for that. It's barely Uh, legal. Um, they, this guy, uh, doesn't even seem like he has the amount of celebrity to match up to the, uh, the worst of the best back in the day on, on Kid Bob, Tiger Beat magazine, whatever. Nobody, nobody has heard of this guy except for apparently all these little fucking 13 year old girls. Well, they're people. Yeah. Is oh. that it? Yeah. He's just, yeah, he, he's just reinforcing how entitled, what entitled shithead. This guy thinks he's so high and mighty. You want, he's like offering you an autograph. No, thanks. Oh, uh, so what? I got one from Mateo uh, Harasnik. Maddox drives like a samurai, an Asian from the 18th century who never <laughs> saw a car. From the 8th century who never <laughs> saw a car. That's true. Yeah, you dipshit. I'm talking about the samurai ethos, not an actual living samurai. Johnny Davis says, isn't comparing pure length of work as a metric stupid? I mean, that's like saying some dude who has written millions of words in Twilight fanfic is better is a better writer than Harper Lee. That's true. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. That's your argument for Vine stars, though, why they're so stupid because their works are short. Dick, that's not why. That, that wasn't my main argument for why Vine stars were uh, obnoxious. But well, you know, I will yeah. see that point. It's it's uh, it's irrelevant how much work an author and uh, right, a, a creator produces. I'm sick of summing up this past shit. Great. Let's move on. Let me, my, What's your problem, Dick? My problem today? Yeah. Wash me. What? Wash me. What in it, quotes. Wash me. 
You know what that is? Yeah. Wash me. What is it? What is it conjure like up someone, in your mind? When someone writes with their finger on a dirty car, wash yeah. me. Like yeah. that's what you're talking about? Yeah. So I got out of my car. Okay. Just <laughs> <laughs> Another problem you thought just, of on the way in. Just now yeah. on the way in. Yeah. And I see that some asshole has drawn a cock on the dust on the hood of my car. There's another <laughs> one of you running around? Do you want to Sean? <laughs> Already? You have a doppelganger. <laughs> you want to see the picture of this cock that someone drew yeah, on my let's car? let's see it. Motherfuckers. Look at this cock. <laughs> not only, so not only is the cock short. You see this? <laughs> All right, yeah, thank you, Sean. Not only is the cock short, it's the same size as the balls. Either that is a short cock or it's a limp cock. Both of which I'm offended by that someone would draw this on, my, on the dust of my car. Secondly, secondly, they put the pee hole in and the head. So yeah. they really, because you do one or the other if yeah. you're drawing a cock, right? Yeah. Uh, either the pee hole or, the, or the line for the head. Yeah. This guy's done both. So he really sat there taking his time yeah. like a serial killer drawing a cock on the hood of my car. This guy's an experienced cock drawer. What is he, just running around uh, town drawing cocks on people's cars? Um, yeah, that's a lot of attention to detail for a little cock drawing on your, on your car. A man's car is his home. Yeah. All right? Yeah. He's defacing my home. Yeah. He's basically just gone into my home and thrown shit everywhere. Draw, uh, writing fart on the wall, drawing cocks everywhere. Uh, Dick, I have some breaking news for you. What? I drew that cock on your car. What? <laughs> <laughs> Maddox, you dickless piece of shit. You drew a cock on my car? You motherfucker. Yeah. Do you know that scratches the paint? That's me. I did it very lightly, so I didn't scratch the paint. That's I don't why think I, you can do anything that, lightly. That's what, no, no, I did. I did. I, that's why I, di- I didn't draw a giant cock on your car, because I was like, well, I'll scratch the paint. I thought I did that little... Uh, and I drew that like two weeks ago. You finally found it? Yeah. <laughs> I drew that. Yeah, I drew that like two weeks ago. I think you were on a so date. So I've been driving around with a cock on my car for two weeks. A small cock. You motherfucker! Are you serious? <laughs> that was me. <laughs> I want to fucking strangle you right now. Yeah. Well, there's a table in the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um. Well, why doesn't someone draw a cock on your fucking face? Yeah. You know, this, that actually happened to me. I went to Mexico. No, no, Good. no, not, my, not my face, not my face, not my face, my Everyone, car. Everyone, if you have the opportunity, draw a cock on Maddox's face. I draw the cocks, buddy. People come to my book signings, and they wait in line for me to draw cocks on them. You're welcome. That, that cock is valuable. You could sell it. That improved the cost of your car, I bet. No. That and the Persian racing rooms. Yeah. So I, uh, I went no, to- I got two Persian works of art on my car. <laughs> Dick, I went to Mexico about, um, I want to say about four years ago. I parked my car, I drive down to Mexico, drive through Tijuana, get, go down like 45 minutes south, uh-huh. and I park my car at this uh, hotel resort thing, right? It's a guarded hotel, it's in Mexico, there's not a lot of Americans down there because this is the height of the drug scare and everyone's a fucking pussy, so uh, I'm going down there and just reaping the benefits of everyone being a, a coward, so I'm having a good time down there, right? Always an angle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always, always somehow you're better than everyone. Yeah. Go, uh, go ahead. So I'm there, I'm there for uh, a couple days, and I come out to my car at some point uh, expecting the worst. I'm like, oh, this is the first time I'm in Mexico driving down. I'm expecting my car to be broken into, whatever. Mm. Um, it wasn't. It was, a safe, it was a safe resort. Everything was fine. However, someone had written in the dust in my car, you, the letter U, mm-hmm. R, the letter R, gay. <laughs> <laughs> Giant, you are gay on my back window. Fuck that person. Yeah. And, and literally, <laughs> you should grab, find them, track them down and say, yeah, I'll show you who's gay. What if it's a hot chick? Uh, That's a win-win. Uh, yeah, the hot chick gets know. laid. Yeah, man. That um, would even be a worse punishment coming from you. What the uh, getting the, the hot chick getting banged by you? No, that's a reward, buddy. Okay, yeah, that's the that's the ultimate reward. If I held a contest, that's the implied reward. You every know, time. now I get why this cock is so small because you <laughs> that's what you think a cock looks like well, when you three, drew it, didn't you? A three centimeter one. We discussed that last episode. Anyway, Dick, is that your problem? Do you have any stats or any anything? Yeah, hundred percent of my cars have cocks on them. Wash me. It's not funny. It's not funny. It's not because now I have to go wash my car. And I'm not going to. So I'm going to be driving around for weeks with a cock on my car still. Little cock. 
Yeah, well, that's a uh, that's a shame to get. Yeah, an eye for an eye is not strong enough for this. Uh oh. You need you. This is a cock for a cock. You've you've. You've opened up a Pandora's <laughs> cock box, a cock of a can of cocks, a dick in a, a box. This is a cock war. Yeah, I'm gonna get you back for this. Okay. This is a guy who drew dicks on every one of the pages of my brother's French book when they went to school together, uh, like a brand new French book. And he's like, F- "I got to turn this in." Oh, oh yeah, I did. Do he that. drew d- fucking dicks oh. on every one of the pages. Sounds like someone drew a big pile of karma on your yeah. card, Dick. So what? I, no, what <laughs> I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, you're you might be in for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we what? were out. We were out at lunch. You know, me and the gang from high school, yeah. and I found a French workbook in the back of my friend's car. Yeah. And I knew it was his, mm. and that it would have to be turned in, so I drew, I went through the French workbook and <laughs> drew dicks on all of the, you know how they're always like, yeah. oh, vous voulez, uh, yeah. uh, je voudrais uh, some, uh, a sandwich or yeah. something, and they got the little drawings of the people interacting. Yeah. So I went and drew cocks on all the guys and all the women in every pose. Like of their interactions, uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> and he, we got back from lunch, and he grabs his books to go to class, and he's like, uh, "Dick, uh, what the fuck? I have to turn this in." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's that's why it's that's why I did it." <laughs> that, <laughs> yes, I know. Uh, it's hilarious. Well, Dick, uh, sounds but like it's not funny when it happens to me. No, that's the point. Uh, okay, of course. Well, you're in for it, buddy. It's a dick war. You're on dick war. Oh yeah, you're. It's a dick war. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Uh, you're you're going out. You're stepping into the ring with the best, the best of the best. Oh, you are standing on the edge of the dick abyss, my friend. Dick, and the dick abyss is staring back into you. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm, you're looking into the pee hole of the dick that, that it's gonna fuck you. You okay? You're right the hurricane now, hurricane of dicks, and I'm looking into the hole. You're looking into the pee hole of the hurricane of dicks that's uh-huh. coming your way. A fucking torrent of dicks. You have no idea. Uh, dick. True or false? True or false? I have at least twenty pictures of dicks on my phone right now. <laughs> probably more. Yeah, probably more. That's absolutely true. You, I've been doing this for fucking 20 years. Maddox, I've been sending dick pics to people. I have a record for most dicks drawn in a minute. I don't know that about that. That is a that. real record that I set in high school. Oh, yeah. 72 dicks <laughs> drawn in one minute. You have no idea. I can, I'm, I'm, I'm so fast, I could draw dicks before you can even count to three. I could draw, I could draw 100 dicks. All over the place, like Muhammad Ali. Okay, Dicasso, uh, you got anything else? No, we, uh, go we don't ahead. What's, right. your, what's your stupid old man problem this week? <laughs> what, what are the kids doing that's pissed you off? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, here we go. Yeah, the one of the greatest movies of oh. this decade. Boo. A movie so good that I went home and immediately pirated it so I could watch it again. What do you have against that? <laughs> well, you uh, you like this movie so much, so you want to support it by pirating it. Not that it matters. It made so much money. Um, Dick, it's stupid. It's a stupid, simple movie oh, man. for stupid, simple people. Uh, so maybe that's why you like it. I don't know, Dick. I've called you simple in the past. <laughs> you, just, you just don't understand love. It's a love story. It's a space opera. It's oh, a yeah? love story. Yeah? And you don't understand love. No, I understand it. That's why I hate it. See, I understand the, the threat, the fear. <laughs> That I have for love. <laughs> That's not understanding. Yeah, Go ahead. It's very understanding. Almost everything about this movie is wrong. Poorly thought out, derivative, unfunny, arbitrary, or tired. Right? That's not to say that the entire movie is shit. Like there it had its moments. There are a few good parts, like undigested corn in actual shit. What? R- you know, like if you're gonna eat shit, the only part you have to look forward oh, to is the corn. I see. I'd imagine. Gross. Yeah, yeah. it's gross. It is gross. It's a very apt analogy for this movie. Bunch of shit with corn in it. Are you going to go through all those one by one? All those accusations <laughs> you just laid? Yeah, yeah. I'm going through. I, I'm laying out a tapestry here, Dick. And I'm starting. It's, crap it's my thesis. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not a crapistry. It's a tapestry. Um, I'm laying out my thesis, and I'm going to go into detail for every single one of those accusations. And there's no better place to start than the beginning. Uh, and I'll explain why this deserves to be on the list of the biggest problems in the universe. The movie starts out with some kid that I immediately don't like because he seems like a spoiled, disinterested asshole. You know, uh, you, so you remember the, uh, the first scene in the movie, Dick? Yeah, when the kid's mom is dying of, like, cancer or yeah. something. He seems like a disinterested asshole. Yeah, the kid's mom is dying of cancer, and what's he doing? He's sitting there listening to his Walkman. Couldn't be more disinterested. He looks sullen and unable to cope with the tragedy that's about to happen. He that's looks, a very moving scene. He looks bored. He looks like a bored, disinterested asshole. That that scene needed uh, what this kid is feeling subtitles, I think. 
This is that's not disinterested. He seemed bored. He was sitting there fiddling with his Walkman. Hey, asshole, your mom is dying. This is your, these are her last moments on Earth. How about taking off the fucking headphones and listening to what she has to say? It might be important. It might be about your father who's half alien. You fucking idiot. Ah, uh, that's okay. Go yeah. ahead. It's a, he's a kid. Oh, he's half he's alien. He's a kid. So, oh, he's yeah. a kid. Gr- gr- oh, oh, kid. Okay. So he's Hard here. to deal with things like that. Sorry, man. Sorry, this kid's not infallible, I guess. Then, <laughs> then when she finally dies, he loses his shit and then runs outside where he's abducted by aliens. Yeah. Oh, exciting. Okay. That's a, out of fucking nowhere. Plot point. A- aliens come down. This is like the first like minute, what, 60 seconds of the movie. He runs outside from a hospital from this very yeah. like dramatic scene. And they don't explain anything. Just aliens come down from the sky and well, just, sure, fuck it. Did you not understand what was happening? Yeah, aliens abducted him, apparently. There you go. Oh, great. Yeah, I mean, why Why not? Sure, have him be, fucking be abducted by aliens after witnessing his mother die of get cancer. Him, Hell, get him why, into space. Why, why stop there, Dick? Why not have him stumble upon a seance and just talk to spirits? I mean, why not just have him discover Bigfoot or win a lottery while we're at it since random fucking things just happen to him for no reason in this universe? Oh, that's a... It's a pretty specific thing, though, that sets up the rest of the movie. Oh, I like, understand. Like, random things don't happen for the rest. One random thing starts a story, like finding a cock on your car. That starts a series of events that escalates in a huge dick war. Yeah. One random thing is good to start a story. Very satisfying closure to that dick war story. Oh, you have no idea. Oh, bring it, buddy. Yeah, man. So I, I went back and I thought, uh, that's such a weird thing. And I guess there was a, a little bit of foreshadowing because his mom said, your father will come down from the heavens like light or whatever. So it's kind of metaphorical. It's, it's a throwaway line. You know, that one line in the movie sets up the entire fucking movie, that plot that where aliens just come down and abduct him. Are you fucking kidding me? They don't explain. And then guess what? The next scene is 26 years later. Okay. Yeah. Well, I... I guess this guy just uh, abducted by aliens. They don't explain his upbringing. They don't explain how who raised him. And apparently, later on in the movie, we find out it's just a bunch of fucking space pirates. These, like, marauders raised this child. Sure, he has no issues. He's just totally fine and well-adjusted and affable. He's not well-adjusted. What's not well-adjusted about him? Uh, he's a criminal. He's like a bounty hunter criminal that, uh, what do you mean, what's not well-adjusted about him? He's a scumbag. He's a treasure hunter. <laughs> oh, he's a scumbag. Yeah. He's a criminal like Indiana a, Jones was a criminal. Was Indiana Jones a criminal? Was he? Yes. Pl- uh, he okay. almost got his dick cut off in like Madagascar. Remember that one? No. And they were going to cut off his hand. And he's like, well, it was in my hand, but let's not talk about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Real funny line. Yeah, it was. So, yeah, then uh, so well, then we get to the first plot point of the movie uh, in Guardians. He goes to some planet to get some super powerful orb that's yeah. sought after by everyone in the fucking universe, apparently. Everyone wants this orb. Sure. Oh, oh, God, this orb, this orb. Yet somehow it's just sitting there out in the open in some unguarded cave where nobody detected it for years. And then yeah. suddenly when a, a fucking dipshit hero shows up, uh, this uh, uh, this other group of uh, a bandit show up right at the same time. Coincidence. I guess they were tracking him, right? Uh, yeah. Because they knew, they knew that he would find the orb somehow. Well, that's exactly what Belloc did. Who? What's Belloc, Belloc, the bad guy from Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah. tracked Indiana Jones because he knew Indiana Jones could figure out where the thing was. So he's like, well, I'll just track this asshole, and when he gets it, I'll take it from him. Uh-huh. That's a classic bad guy move. So you're saying, so thank you, Dick. Thank you for bringing that up because you just helped make the case that this movie's derivative of that's, Indiana Jones. That's real life. Oh, really? Real life? What other the point in life do we send scouts to follow an explorer, like the people who discovered the King Tut's tomb? Do we send, do we send like, bad guys who are sitting there, okay, as soon as they discover it, we're going to pounce? No, because— Cops in re- do that all the time. Cops send in little bad guys to catch big bad guys. It's how we hunt. Yeah, but that's, that's, they're working in cooperation with the cops. That's, they're not just, like, finding no, some random dude. Not always. Well, they, look, man, they might have moles in the in the in the forest. That's what you're talking about. No, I'm talking about they look where drugs are going. They follow the drug dealers back to where they're congregating, and then that's where they start. Th- Whatever. I don't want to derail your Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy rant. Please, yeah, please it, continue. Yeah, Dick. The only difference is these aren't drugs, and these guys are just uh, based on what a hunch. Well, you know what? The fact that we have to dis- de- debate this so much tells you how poorly the movie's written because we don't know. No, we it don't says know. that you're a fucking crazy, but go go ahead. Okay, all right. So yeah, anyway, he goes into this unguarded cave where nobody has detected it for years, and yet somehow Quill, that's his name, right? Peter Quill? Star-Lord. Star- oh, yeah, Star-Lord, oh Star-Lord, fuck. Lord, oh, excuse man. me, all the fuck. Um, Get it right. 
Yeah, Star Lord uh, gets a, <laughs> the most original creative name, by the way. Star Lord goes to this cave. <laughs> And uh, and suddenly just detects it. We are not. Ex- we have no explanation as to how he knows, why he knows, and uh, suddenly he just finds it. And it has this orb has the Infinity Stone in it, which yeah. is a big pile of whatever. Uh, it's- why do you need all this shit explained? Like, how long in your movie? How long would it take to get to this point? You know what I'm saying? Like you- you're saying none of this is explained. Like, good. I'm so sick of explaining everything in movies. Just get to it. Spider-Man's <laughs> okay. got spider powers. I don't need to see him getting bitten by a radioactive spider 600 times. He's just a guy that shoots jizz out of his fingers and swings around on buildings. Great, got it. Go fight bad guys. Yeah, that's because Spider-Man and Superman are ubiquitous. Guardians of the Galaxy is like, who, the, what? Nobody fucking knows Guardians of the Galaxy except for deep-trenched comic book nerds who have read, read the Infinity Stone series. What's the uh, the, the Infinity Wars? They read I don't that, know. and they it's a, it got the tie-in with Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy is not a well-known property like Spider-Man. It wasn't at least before this movie came out. So they don't, but they still didn't explain any of this. No, it was they didn't a explain good it. Movie. They told it visually. It's not a good movie. Uh, I'll tell you why people <laughs> liked it though. Uh, it's so these Infinity Gems, these Infinity Stones, whatever. Uh. It's like kryptonite for the Marvel Universe, except there's six of them. You know, kryptonite, some mystical stone that has some fucking arbitrary power. I hate in comic books, and I hate in comic book stories Uh when they imbue some mystical stone with some mystical property because it is such an arbitrary, contrived plot device. Totally arbitrary, totally contrived. And everyone's just searching for this mystical stone. I don't know if I think it's so arbitrary. Like they're, I What's think not they're interesting metaphors. Well, the, the Infinity Stones specifically, there's, there's, Sean, I'm, do you know anything about Infinity Stones? I can't say that I do. Okay, so yeah, in the Marvel yeah. Universe, they're in the entire cosmos, in the universe or whatever, there's these like seven stones, six, six stones, and they all represent like a different part of. I don't the universe. Like, there's, like, a power st- a time stone and, like, a soul stone. They're like Captain Planet's rings. Remember Captain Planet? Yeah, but these are in uh, all the different comics that Marvel yeah, does? Yeah, it's, like, the one thing that binds the whole universe oh, okay. together. It was I contrived to sell comics. They were trying to make a big crossover, big comic yeah. thing. What, what, yeah, great. You hate that. You just um, hate the idea of, of I don't. that. No, I don't. I found the comic books kind of interesting to read. Okay. I read the uh, uh, parts parts of the story of the Infinity Wars, but it wasn't, uh, it just, it's contrived. Let's not deny that it was contrived. It's a contrived plot device. How is it contrived? Device. It's just, okay, um, uh, it's like Superman needs a weakness. Well, there's this stone that makes him weak. Yeah, but it's from his home planet. Like, it's not realistic. It's like a piece of his home planet hurts him and kills him. You it's know- a metaphor. Like, it's interesting. The reason that it's lasted for 50 years or 80 years is because there's an element of magic in it that speaks to us as humans. That mm. pieces of his home planet... Yeah. Kill him. Wow. And his whole thing is that he has no home. Like, mm. he doesn't fit in. That's right. why it resonates with people. Do you want, Do you see what I'm saying? Do you think adopted kids have no home, too, Dick? Because I that's really that a metaphor for adoption, Superman. It's not a metaphor for adoption. It's about not fitting in. And I do, I would imagine adopted kids do feel some sense of not belonging. Whether or not yeah. they're happy or not, I, I'm, they feel something that I can't identify with, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, that's a beautifully said uh, Siliqui, except that uh, kryptonite is everywhere in the Superman universe. It's not just on his home planet. It's on Earth. It, their entire planet's made out of kryptonite. There are asteroids with kryptonite. There's kryptonite in the bottom of the ocean. There's kryptonite in mountain. There's fucking kryptonite everywhere. They're making it in laboratories. Kryptonite's everywhere. Oh, it's a piece of his home? You know what's a real weakness for Superman? This is a missed opportunity in the Superman movie, which I fucking hated. I, I'll bring that in as a problem sometime. But there was a scene where he, uh, where the bad guy, uh, who was it? Uh, Lex uh, Luthor? No, no, it wasn't Lex Luthor. In the, in the latest Superman movie, it was the Emperor or the General Zod, I think. There was a scene where he was threatening to eradicate Superman's memories. Yeah. Or, um, and then there was another opportunity, there was another uh, part where Lois Lane was in danger. That's Superman's other weakness. Exactly. That's that's his real weakness, right? It would have been interesting if instead of uh, this arbitrary kryptonite that they just invented, his weakness would have been save your father's memories or save Lois Lane's life. Instead of doing that, they just... Had the me- had the memories just be arbitrarily d- d- destroyed, like by a missile or the plane crashed or something like that, and he also saved Lois. So this opportunity that to show a true, genuine weakness for Superman, this this one man who's basically infallible, he's immortal. 
They could have shown that you have to make a decision and give him a real human res- uh, uh, consequence, and they didn't do that because they have kryptonite. That's why the, stup- the yeah, stupid gems are arbitrary. That's poor writing. Like I, <laughs> that, that's but your, I thought that's that, my point. No, the devi- the idea of the things can be used well, it can be used poorly. That's an example of where the thing is used poorly. But go, go on. Yeah. I don't want to slow you down. Sure. Um, so another thing that bugged me in the movie. We're only in the first five minutes of the movie. I know. Yeah, already I have so many problems with it. Um, he's still listening to his Walkman 26 years later on those AA batteries. Where, where's he finding AA batteries in this universe? Anywhere. A AA battery is <laughs> easy to make. Oh, oh, is it? Uh, yeah, it's one and a half fucking volts. You, don't, you think he's screaming around the cosmos and he can't figure out how to put one and a half volts in a cylinder that's as long as this cock you drew on my car? Yeah. Yeah, this, I think he could figure that. I think he could. I think he could knock that one out this pretty kid, handily. This kid who's who was abducted by aliens, who is so smart and intuitive that he couldn't even tell his dying mother is is sitting there and, and might die at any minute. He's sitting there listening to his fucking pop songs. He, this kid, this moron, this dumbass who couldn't even uh, take a few minutes to talk to his dying mother. That guy figured out how to make batteries. Fuck you. He's a kid. Kids do that. <laughs> He's kids a kid. Do that. Kids they what, don't make know batteries? how to cope. Okay. Ugh. Great. Then I would love to see you as a kid. Yeah, I was a I was a fucking badass. Except I was born an adult. So, uh, <laughs> so then like the, Jesus. Do you know they couldn't represent Jesus in the medieval age as a baby? They had to draw him as a full adult, as a, at a baby-sized full adult. No, I didn't know that. Really. Oh yeah, go look at like the reason Jesus always looks stupid in medieval photos is because they weren't allowed to paint him as a baby. Oh really? So that's why there's always like these little homunculus men like in Mary's <laughs> arms. You're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> that's how I was born. Like that's same, how you were born. Like I was Jesus, born an adult, <laughs> but just like a little homunculus. Yeah. Anyway, man. So the bad guy after after he's in this cave, you know, the uh-huh. bad guy sends a bounty hunter after him. Interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, so, so uh, Star-Lord yeah. is, um, Star-Lord, he's going to this planet to, he's basically going to a pawn shop. That's the, that's the whole plot yeah? of this movie. Sure. He finds this junk, and then he goes to a pawn shop to tell it. And by the way, Dick, um, they, this guy doesn't even know, Star-Lord, at the start of the movie, doesn't even know that the Infinity Gem is in this. He just knows that the orb is valuable, supposedly. But he doesn't know why it's valuable. Like that's like that's like saying of money. What do you mean? Yeah, uh, no, but why is it valuable? Like but he does some, this shit all the time. Well, yeah, he does that shit all the time. That's established, but he doesn't know why why it's valuable. Anyway, man, he finds this orb. He takes it to a pawn shop on this planet, and then the bounty hunters find him immediately. Of course, they're just trailing him. They're mm-hmm. always one step behind him. Uh, I don't He's know why he's getting they, wrapped up in something bigger than him, man. Uh-huh. That's exciting. All yeah. these players entering the field. Yeah, so then he gets arrested on this planet where he goes to jail, and the movie becomes every cliched prison break movie ever made. There's literally a TV trope called The Great Escape or mm-hmm. The Alcatraz Plot, mm-hmm. where this uh, there's this prison scene. This prison scene comes like almost directly from it. Here's a direct quote from the page, uh, tvtropes.org. Have you seen that website? Yeah. It's really interesting. They said... Um, prison movie protagonists are almost always the new guy. So that's, you know, the new the new crew that's mm-hmm. uh, arrested, Quill, Gamera, Rocket, and Groot, mm-hmm. who on his first day does something to gain a lifer's trust. Right. Drax. Drax is the uh, the one who's supposedly rational. Drax was the, the meathead. The meathead, yeah. He wasn't yeah. rational. He's very literal. Couldn't, yeah, he's very yeah, literal. Yeah, you probably love that guy. Yeah. He was, he was one of the highlights of the movie. <laughs> Nothing and, goes over my head. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, that was a funny that line. That was funny. You know what? It, funny movie. You know, Dick, there were a few funny lines in that movie like that, which uh-huh. I genuinely laughed and I thought was, was really good. But it felt like someone took this shit, mediocre script and then punched it up. So uh, they got a really funny writer to punch it up and add mm-hmm. a few jokes in there, like that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was that scene where uh, he said something about... You would have to take a black light in his rocket ship to find all the com or whatever. I don't know. There's some stupid yeah. thing. Anyway, man. Um, so, so prison they, break. They're in this prison break, right? And they have to gain a lifer's trust, which Drax does immediately after Gamera. Gamera's the uh, green alien chick. Oh man, that chick's hot. Yeah. So, so immediately Drax trusts that chick after she tells him she betrayed her boss, Ronan, one of the most powerful leaders in the galaxy. So let me repeat that, Dick. She convinces a prison inmate that she just met, a prison inmate whose entire personality is defined by being literal, that she will help him get out of prison and catch her boss based on a two-minute conversation right after she revealed to him that she betrayed her boss. So Mm -hmm. why should this guy trust her? Hey, man, I'm a huge liar, and I'll stab you in the back. 
Uh, how about this uh, negotiation? How about this deal? Your your problems with this plot are very nitpicky. Oh, is it? That's uh, it's a nitpicky. A, it's, a, it's a quick conversation. Is a the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Like, good. Skip this shit. Skip this boring. Like, you could have done that, sure. They could have taken ten minutes to establish their trust, but they got a long... They got a lot of stuff to do in this movie. They, they could establish trust way more easily, and it doesn't take 10 minutes. In fact, it would take 30 seconds. Drax could be in trouble. She could save him. Bam. How's that for trust? You don't think that's contrived? Well, of course it's contrived, but at least it makes sense. Logically, it's consistent in this fucking made-up bullshit-ass universe. Nah. Ah. Uh, fucking right, hate you're this. shaking your head. Sean, did you see Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, I yeah, saw it. Yeah, you loved it. It is what it is. Can't yeah. you just have fucking fun <laughs> for once? It's unbelievable. Like, you are the death of all fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you yeah. and the BBC should team up. Yeah. Well, I got more, buddy. So, so they're in there, this ragtag bunch of misfits. That's another trope. Using a combination <laughs> of poorly guarded escape routes, the stupidity of the prison guards, and some grit and just a little bit of luck, they might just have a shot to break out of prison. So they're sitting there around this table, you know, like um, uh, hatching this plan. And then, of course, something stupid happens. Like Groot trips the alarm while they're hatching their escape plan. This plot device is called Spanner in the Works, which is when a stupid character, Groot, which is basically just a Pokemon at this oh, point, he just God. says his own fucking name the entire movie, which kids also delight at. contrived, right? No, that's not contrived. Uh-huh. Well, it's, it's derivative. It's just stolen from Pokemon. So he's, he's capable of uh, derailing the most ironclad plan by relying on a contrived coincidence and the assumption that nobody would push the big red button. That's from TVTropes.org. Literally, there is a button in the background. It's, it's a big glowing yeah. yellow light. Funny. Groot hits it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember it. I've seen that movie a lot. I have it on my computer. Yeah, I've seen that movie a lot too, Dick. It's been uh, done in a billion movies. The scene culminates in the control tower where they sneak up in the master prison guard who slowly turns around to see the guardian standing there. Remember I bitched about well, that? Yeah, but what do you... That's contrived too? It's on TV tropes? That's well, it? No, no, no. It, I mean, I've seen that scene a billion times. It's boring. No. I, it's unoriginal. It's uninteresting. It's boring. They put a little and spin on it. This is this is By when, not taking it so seriously. No, that's not that's the, that's the feel. That's the tone of the movie. Yeah, not I guess. taking ourselves too seriously. That's why people liked it. Mm. It's like a superhero movie, but we're not. That's why the Walkman's there. That's why the dialogue is so snappy. We're doing all these tropes, and we're doing them blatantly and obviously, and we're Did, not taking it seriously. Spider Man also didn't take itself too seriously. Uh, Hellboy did. didn't take himself too seriously. Fantastic Hellboy. Four didn't take themselves too seriously. I've seen this movie a billion times. It's boring. Everyone, and so what, during that guard tower scene, everyone loses their shit in the audience like they didn't see it coming the second they were sent to prison. You know, that scene existed shot for shot the second they get arrested, yet everyone still delights like it's some ultra-satisfying fuck you to the control guard who's just doing his job trying to keep prisoners in check, some of whom are implied rapists, by the way. Yeah. Right? This is this is who the audience is cheering against. They're cheering against the control guard who's doing his fucking job. Then there's that yeah, wide fuck shot. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> then there's that wide shot you've seen a billion times where they throw him out of the control tower, yeah, which is funny. conveniently also a rocket ship. Awesome. Whoa. I uh, just jerk off the cum all over my face. Oh wow. <laughs> Such a great Christ. scene. And then there's another spanner in the works when Drax invites Ronan. So Ronan's the main uh, one of the main bad guys, right? Yeah. He's, he's, so he invites him to the planet where the Infinity Gem is at. Like a total fucking idiot. Uh-huh. Seriously, like we're expected to believe that these guys are so competent and badass that they were able to break out of prison, escape from a prison that they were in for two minutes after they were arrested, but they keep doing stupid shit like calling the main bad guy to come find him with his entire army, which means he's either stupid or selfish. Well, he's both. Okay. It's established. Great. But, you know, there's a balance because he's also very powerful. That's what you got to deal with. Who, Drax? Yeah. He's just like a wrestler. Well, it, 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 he got the nickname The Destroyer from somewhere, I'm assuming. Yeah. The, they, set the, it, they set it up so he's a powerful guy. Yeah, okay, I, this is the only point I'm going to make on this. Yeah. In a million years, with a, with a billion dollars, you could not write or make a better movie. That's my challenge. <laughs> You're on. Yeah, Give me a billion fun, dollars. It was fun. Give me a million dollars. What, it's what? fun to watch. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. It's fun and it touched your heartstrings, man. In, a, in an age where everything is so cynical... They managed to put a, an honest and a, um, an emotional love story in this movie. Great movie. Probably too, The Walkman probably pissed you off immediately. Walkman was a terrible movie, too. Uh-huh. But for different reasons. At least The Walkman was competent. It was just boring. Um, 
Then there's that scene where he called that main bad guy to the planet. Dude. You're just going through scenes like nitpicking plot points, though. What's your What's the reason? Because we're running out of time. What's the reason you really hate this movie? Okay, so yeah, I, I don't have a, a ton of time here. I'll, I'll just say I'll just say two more things that really piss me off about the movie. So near the end of the movie, um, the uh, Star Lord. Uh-huh. Uh, dances some more, which is like the dumbest, laziest comic relief in every single romantic comedy. But for some reason, the audience for Guardians just eats it up. And then this jewel that's so powerful that that's powerful enough to destroy an entire galaxy yeah. with billions of people in it, but it can be neutralized when just five people hold hands in a prayer circle. Yeah, so, but they explained that. Yeah, so look out, everyone. You know, all it takes is a dance to distract a stupid bad guy <laughs> and then just hold hands and you can stop the threat. You've never seen dancing distracting a bad guy, have you? That was new. Like, you've never seen in movies where, like, we're all going to die. Oh, shit, this, this maniac's going to kill everybody. The hero just say, hey, what about this? And then do a dance. Have you ever seen that? Nothing comes to mind off the top of my there head. There you go. They, if they even contributed that one original thing, that's I'm impressed by that. Well, which they did. The closest, th- the thing that comes closest to that is doing a jig in the last Boy Scout. You remember that when John McClane or uh, Bruce Willis did the jig after he saved the day? No, on t- he did oh, it whatever. after he saved the day. Anyway, Dick. Um, whatever. Uh, th- th- that's fine. You're uh, you're uh, you're allowed to like the simple movie. Um, but by far, everyone's favorite scene in this movie is during the credit sequence when Baby Groot dances to Jackson 5's I Want You Back. Uh-huh. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, which, first of all, is a song from 1969 that happens to be a big hit with space aliens. Everybody in space just happens to love this fucking contrived bullshit-ass song. Sure. Everybody, everybody in the audience sits there guffawing like idiots <laughs> while it plays. And you know what else dances to music, Dick? Big uh. Mouth Bass. That stupid little talking, like, dancing fish yeah. that you press the button and it just, like, kind of wiggles uh-huh. its tail. Or that stupid dancing flower toy called Rockin' Flowers. Remember I that? I one of those, yeah. Yeah, it's a dancing flower toy that literally dances to any song you play. Their favorite scene in the movie was ripped off from a dancing flower toy. A $12 animatronic toy made in China. That's oh, your favorite scene in the movie. It doesn't take a $196 million blockbuster to entertain you idiots. Apparently, all it takes is a toy that literally costs less than your ticket price. These morons would be just as entertained buying a $12 toy and streaming Jackson 5's I Want You Back on Pandora. Uh-huh. That's my problem with the movie, Dick. That's idiots. a horrible problem. I hope this gets downvoted to hell. That was a great movie. Great. It was a great movie. And um, you, t- you grew up in the wrong country, man. You, you belong in, like... Siberia, <laughs> where there's no fun, there's no color, there's no dancing, anything. It's just, it's just snow and gray. I had a lot of fun, Dick, watching Raid the Redemption. That's a great movie. Go What's watch that. that. About? It's it's uh, it's about a guy who rips on pop culture. No, I had a really good time watching Attack the Block. Go watch that movie. It's yeah. a brilliant movie. Anyway, uh, man, and that I has aliens prob- in it too. Do I have uh, time for? Yeah, my, yeah. What's your problem? My problem is losing your cell phone. <laughs> okay. Okay, Dick. I didn't lose my cell phone. I've never lost a cell phone. You've never lost a cell phone? No. Although I still want to, I still want to defend Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, go for it. No, 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 no. Losing your cell phone. Americans lose thirty billion dollars worth of mobile phones in a year. Is that could that possibly be true? That's what these stupid newspapers are reporting. So we dickhead Americans are just going around losing thirty billion dollars out of our pockets. Yeah. every year. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, cost America's 30, 113 cell phones are lost or, or stolen every minute. What? Yeah. No, that's that, that, right? that sounds reasonable. Out of like um, a population of, of 200 million, million. Yeah. Right? That no, sounds like about right. 315 million. Yeah. Well, no, but not all. I'm, I'm saying, I, I oh, don't think sure. most Americans, uh, I don't think all Americans have it. I'd, I'd say about two thirds of Americans. Some Americans true. have two, though. That's uh, true. You know, players. Yeah. <laughs> One in five children age 8 to 16 has had their mobile phone stolen, often by another child or group of children. One in five? Are you kidding me? Yeah, don't give your kids cell phones. You wouldn't? Well, I would give my kid an emergency cell phone, and then that's that. They can't install any apps on it. They can't do any games. They can't text. It's just for 911. There you go, idiot. Oh, what a night. Well, your kid is going to be like the greatest hacker in the world, shoving those chili peppers up your ass. Oh, really, Dad? I can only use this for 911? Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> let me show you. Let me draw a cock right on your face with that one. Uh, yeah. Well, here's your You think no- you can enforce that with a kid? Yeah, Good here, luck. here's your Nokia 6083. Enjoy, buddy. <laughs> oh, thanks, Dad. I've got my, uh, my invisible hologram phone, yeah, actually, w- though. With what allowance, shithead? You're grounded. 
Oh, Go man. to the dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> Start with the arms race early. Um, people are most likely to lose their phone at night. 67% between 9 p.m. and 2 a.m. Americans lose on average one phone a year. The average huh. American. Yeah. I've never lost one, so that's... How long have I had a phone? 15 years? There's 15 people that's lost two a year then. Yeah. You ever lost a phone? I have once. It flew out of my pocket on a roller coaster, so... <laughs> not really my fault. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, it is. Did you, did you get it back? Uh, no, man. I went back and uh, I told them, I'm like, hey, man, my cell phone flew out of my pocket. I can, I'm can. i pretty sure I know the trajectory of where it went. Can I go out there? And- <laughs> Did you say that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. And, and okay. They even had a, they even Professor, had a, <laughs> please <laughs> use, map it out. Use a word like that, they got to call the manager. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry. Let me call my manager, Star-Lord. Um, they, they even had a net to catch uh, loose, loose items. Idiots like- items. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't put their stuff in their pockets. It correctly. was I had very uh, very deep pockets and no, they were very shallow pockets rather, and it flew out of my pocket on this stupid roller coaster. I'm telling you, the roller coaster was designed poorly because it hurt. <laughs> it hurt my neck. It gives you whiplash. Okay. Normal roller coasters right. don't do that. This is the worst roller coaster I've ever been on in my life, and I've told people ever since not not just because of the things that fly out of your pocket, but because yeah. it's an awfully designed roller coaster. It just which one breaks your neck. It's um. I forget the name of it, but uh, it's just it's just a giant loop that goes around. And it's just poorly designed, unfun. It's like the Guardians of the Galaxy of the roller coaster universe. Okay. Not fun, boring, unoriginal. Mm. Yeah. Ninety five percent of the time, people who find lost smartphones try to access sensitive data. Research shows. How of about course. that? Yeah. Have you ever found a cell phone? I have. Did you try to access the sensitive data? Uh, no, I'm I'm pretty good about that. I found I have found at least four or five cell phones and returned every single one. Mm. I even went out on a date with someone because I returned the cell phone. Oh, what a scumbag! What happened? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, it was this girl from Sweden or no Switzerland who was visiting, and I found her cell phone and I I it was really hard tracking her down. I was going through her contact her recently contacted list and I found yeah. the hotel and I'm like, yeah, I found the cell phone. Can you please leave a note? And she went. To, she happened to go to the hotel and, and ask the lost and found if anyone found it. And they said, well, this guy called. And she goes, oh, my God. So a few minutes later, I get this phone call from this panicked girl. She's like, oh, all my contacts, oh, everything's yeah. in there. You got it right where you want her. Yeah. Oh, no, get out. <laughs> get out of here. I was just being a gentleman. And then uh-huh. she said, and then she said. <laughs> right up the ass, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she she said, uh, "Can I can I take you to dinner? Uh, uh-huh. Can I take you to lunch?" I'm like, "All right, all right, uh, let's see what uh, I'll I'll go to lunch." So uh, yeah, I'm that's really it? good. At, I'm really good at returning. Yeah, I just uh, that's it. Uh, I'm really good at returning cell phones. Seventy seventy uh, percent of people don't use password protection either. <laughs> cities. Here's the most five likely cities you'll lose your cell phone: San Francisco, um, Philadelphia. That's a surprise. Seattle, Oakland, California, uh, Oakland, excuse me, Philadelphia, Seattle, Oakland, Long Beach, and Newark. Newark, New Jersey. Wait, why did they count? There's a lot of theft in most of those cities. Well, yeah. Big time. Yeah, so apparently cell phones are getting lost and stolen. More stolen, it sounds like. Well, why did they count Long Beach and California separately? Uh, I, I misread it. For some, for some reason, they, they put the states on some of them and oh. not all of them. I get the, I mean... Oak, what other Oakland is there? Stupid newspaper. Yeah, you know, you know what the problem is with uh, with stats like that. Sometimes is they don't when it's just a flip little stat that nobody really cares about. It's not really going to affect legislation and uh, and anything important. What legislation? They, yeah, and losing cell phones. I mean, I, I can't imagine what legislation that would enact. But it's illegal to lose your cell phone. Yeah, there you go. Why not? Yeah. Well, the problem with stats like that sometimes is they don't control for population. So uh, recently. They did a study. They they did a study at, uh, or they did a survey, and they found that that people who went to, who owned iPhones went to more prestigious universities or something like that. Sure, but they didn't control for population, so it just means okay. Well, there's more iPhone users in populous cities. You didn't prove anything. All right, here's the ten most likely places you lose your cell phone. You ready for this? Yeah, your purse. That's the <laughs> top. That's the top place. This is time. Time. Time magazine's saying this. Yeah, it's stupid. Chance of recovery, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, time. <laughs> a restaurant or a bar, number uh, number two. Roof of your car, changing yeah. rooms, airport security. Oh, those motherfuckers, I bet they are stealing your phone. Yeah. Schools, buses or subway, airplanes. Um, 
blah, blah, blah. Airplane, taxis, swimming pools. Look, this is going to, do you know why this is a big problem? This is going to be around for long after all these other things are fixed. What, losing your cell phone? Losing your cell phone. I don't think so, because I don't think cell phones are going to be around. You're not going to need them anymore in the Oculus Rift. Oh, God, you are so crazy with your techno fetishes. You know, Dick, uh, have you ever used Google Glass? Uh, No, because I hate them, and I think that people who use them are stupid assholes. But you've never used them? No. Uh, I always thought that they were kind of stupid and hokey looking too. Mm-hmm. Everybody like looks at that thing and they, they have that segue effect, that segue response, which is like, ah, oh, this is like dorky. Um, yeah. so I went to, I went to a YouTube event where they had Google, uh, Google glass demos Yeah. and I put it on and immediately I got it. I'm like, Oh, okay. I see the reason. That sounds right. I see the reason uh-huh. for this technology existing. I see the need. I see that it will change everything uh, going forward. And so Google, I think, has pulled a hold on the Google Glass technology. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but a lot of companies in Japan and and, uh, China are working around the clock to make their own versions of it, and they are hugely popular over there. Well, I hope Godzilla kills all those people. (laughs) Uh, That's that's hateful. What is? Hoping that Godzilla kills them? Yes, that is, that is, I mean it out of hate. I would like, <laughs> I would like anyone promoting the glass technology to be killed. Yeah, absolutely. Godzilla, Godzilla because would do that. I hate them. Godzilla would wear Google Glass. You know what, the, the worst thing about that glass thing was yeah. the smug look of satisfaction those glass holes would get when people would ask them about their Google Glass. Like, like if you've ever broken on your arm and you walk around in a cast, people ask you what you did. And by the third time you've told the story, you're like, oh, fuck, man. Can you just fuck off? Like, I broke, I broke my arm. Wh- yeah. What? Wh- what else? Like, I don't make me tell the story again. Those glass holes, no matter how many times people ask them about their stupid Google Glass, they're like, oh, I can't wait to tell you about the Google Glass. Look, I'm looking at Sean. No, nothing from Sean. No, uh, no shitting on Dick for killing fun here. Okay, not he, fun. They are fun. They're incredible. To, they're fun and practical <laughs> and useful technology. <laughs> oh, look at oh Dick. Uh, Dick hates Google Glass. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm having so much fun with my technology sorry. and I'm enthusiastic about it. Fuckhead. Oh, you want to just kill my enthusiasm with the Google Glass and virtual reality? Fuck you. Fun and practical. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds. It sounds like a toothpaste commercial. <laughs> the world by Maddox. Fun and practical. Fuck off. At least it has a utilitarian function. Sean, Google Glass, thumbs up or thumbs down to settle this debate. I don't give a shit. Exactly. Great. Great. All right, that's my problem, losing your cell phone. Losing your cell phone. Losing your cell phone. Yeah, Dick. uh, It's not as impassioned as your uh, ridiculous claims about Guardians of the Galaxy, but. Reasoned, level-headed, even-keeled criticisms of pop culture that's garbage. And, and, uh, yeah, um. Every single person, every single friend of mine who liked Guardians of the Galaxy, just buy them a rock and flower and call it a day. That's your favorite part of the movie, you fucking morons. Mm-hmm. That's all they liked. They liked the dancing flower at the end, the dancing Groot. You can't write a better one. Baby Groot. Write a better movie. Go ahead. I will not write a movie for the Hollywood industry. <laughs> I, it's, what about for people? I mean, You possibly. can write a better a space adventure that's heartwarming. Yes. That's heartwarming for, for all audiences. Not just maniacs. Dick, you are defining a good movie in such a narrow term that it has to be heartwarming for all audiences. That's all of the world. I'm defining it as the most general terms. All of the world that you could bring your date, your wife, your family to see this movie and it makes you feel good. Not all movies have to be a weird, cynical statement about life. Not all movies have to make you feel good. Not every movie has to have a love interest. Not every movie has to have this contrived, derivative bullshit. Not every movie has to have that stupid scene where the truck flips forward. I'm so tired of seeing that scene. I'm so tired of these movies. They're all the exact same, Dick. Uh, summer after summer after summer. There's over 42 superhero movies slated for the next three years. I, 42 I know, and I hate them. I hate superhero movies, but I loved Guardians of the Galaxy because it was good. Yeah, Dick, I'll tell you... an Because uh, uh, it wasn't full of, like, stupid technology and MacGuffin devices. It was like a good story about humans. The whole movie was MacGuffin devices, and there were yeah, only they two... The there was only, There was literally only one human in the movie. Yeah. You, or what, three? You're nitpicking again. Okay. It was the... the the green broads thing yeah. with the body. Yeah. Her story was very human. Uh, the stupid raccoon story was very human. I get it. Oh, he was an animal, but his story was human. So was Groot's. They were all, they had very they were very human. And Groot Groot had no character. He was literally wooden. Uh, <laughs> he was literally there you go. wooden. Right. 
That's the guy you're saying it was heartwarming? There was only one supposedly, quote, heartwarming scene in the entire movie, and that's when Groot sacrificed himself. That was that was What about when Star-Lord put that broad in his, uh, his little spaceship? That was pretty good. Okay, I'll give you two. There you go. There All you right. go. Okay, heartwarming. Big fucking deal. You know what other what movie was What about when Rocket gets drunk? What about says it? that everyone treats him like shit all the time. Depressing. That's heartwarming, man. <laughs> Look at that depressed, broken, drunk. I really, identified, no I really identified with that scene for some hey, reason. Oh, yeah. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> there was another space adventure that wasn't heartwarming, Dick, and that was Star Wars. The original Star Wars movies? It was heartwarming. That wasn't heartwarming. No, it wasn't. What? It had moments, but I wouldn't define the movie as heartwarming. Hey, what do you think of that Star Wars movie? Real heartwarming. <laughs> you know, he fucking, <laughs> when he chopped off his, his, uh, uh, his hand, when he gets his hand chopped that off. That was his Empire hand. Strikes Back, you fucking poser. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, Star those, Wars? The, the original three Star Wars movies. You're those talking about all three? Yeah, those weren't heartwarming. The hard third movies. one was heartwarming as shit. With all the Ewoks going around everywhere. Dick, just because it had a heartwarming moment or two doesn't make the movie heartwarming. Oh, that's a movie that had it's a lot a, of the dark The pedantism moments. is way too... The, the force of the pedantism <sighs> is strong in you today. You want to wrap it up? Yeah, my problem this week was Guardians of the Galaxy. My problems were Wash Me and Losing Your Cell Phone. All right, guys, don't forget to vote for Guardians of the Galaxy at thebiggestproblemintheuniverse.com. Out on Blu-ray now. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Hey, old Crazy Frog here again. I wanted to ask again what Maddox's problem actually was. You see, Maddox, you rambled on for so long that I forgot what your problem was to begin with. Was it mine? Was it Vine Stars? Was it hearing it through the grapevine? Was it the North Stars? I don't know, because I just heard this guy rambling on about all kinds of random shit, and it didn't make any fucking sense. You don't want to ramble when you're criticizing someone for rambling. you like my Kermit so much, why don't you shut the fuck up while I'm doing it so everyone else can hear it? Huh? Is that something you can do? Dick, did you have sex with your man yet? No. No. Yay! (laughs) Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself, Kermit. I don't need shit (laughs) from a puppet with a hand up its ass. All right? You're literally getting fucked up the ass. Fuck you, Kermit. I'm fucking tired. Kermit, cancel Kermit. Well, that's none of my business. Hey, Maddox, do you know how I know that Utah is in the Midwest? Because you're from there and you have that gay-ass Midwestern accent where you say asshole like an asshole. Is that true? No. You do say asshole weird. A, a lot of people have commented on that. How do I say asshole? The asshole. The asshole. Yeah. Like real nasally. Real yeah, 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 yeah. They're yeah, saying yeah. that's a Midwest accent. Is it? That's what I they say. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. But uh, here's the thing. In the Midwest, well, in Utah, growing up, nobody really said asshole except for me. I do like to say asshole oh, that no. way because it does sound a little bit more uh, condescending. Hmm. Asshole. <laughs> here's that same voicemail. Hey, Maddox, do you know how I know I... Ugh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. <laughs>